Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train. Whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag, you can keep your phone close to your chest. And uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You know more or do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on phone's there easy access to it they do some great uh gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything it's all linked up with your phone so yeah they're a fantastic brand couple of pockets for your keys everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training and you're not just saying this for the sake of it before they even become our sponsors you had one of these vests didn't you yeah yeah, I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor. And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off... An amazing vest from Free Train. www.freetrain.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am one half of your hosts, Blake Harrison, and the other half is... Stu Whiffin. That was the biggest hello you've done so far. No, can't you, be. Because before, what, what listeners won't know is, before um, you done that big, booming, uh, excitable hello, you let our producer know that um, we was about to record the intro, and you went, and this is the intro. And you've done it in a little kind of suave, sexy voice, <laughs> which I thought, oh, hello, where's he going with this? And then you literally a second later, you went, hello! <laughs> <laughs> I've got range. That's, you know, that's all that three years at drama school and stuff. I can be suave and sexy. And then, hello, hello, <laughs> That annoying voice that you keep hearing whenever you tune into this show. Well, we've got a great guest today. Uh, an absolute, well, a, a, a superstar. And uh, and and obviously, 
most importantly, somebody that manages to get their tweets uh, on uh, on UFC events. I mean, that's the fundamental yeah. thing that's going to that that really has grinded your gears, isn't it? Yeah, no, it, it doesn't matter that he's got a new song out. It doesn't matter that he's got an album that he's being released, and it doesn't matter that he's going on tour soon. What matters is when he tweets the UFC, like screen grab it or whatever it is that they're doing, and put it on their broadcasts. Down in that bottom left-hand corner of the screen, his name pops up with his opinion on the broadcast out to millions and millions of fight fans around the world. And then I'm there, sat at home, trying my damnedest, sticking out 30 tweets to do with whatever event's going on, talking about prelims that no one cares about just to desperately, desperately try and get my name up on that screen. And it never happens. So I've, I've got a bone to pick with him for sure. I mean, we should actually announce who that person is. It's, uh, it's James Arthur. And it's not just James Arthur. It's James with a new name, Arthur, which you'll find out about at the end when we find out who his fight name's going to be. Um, and it's a great episode. Uh, James is super, super knowledgeable uh, on combat sports, uh, way more knowledgeable than us. Uh, and obviously that means that's why Blake doesn't get his tweets on the UFC and James does. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you. Um, we should also say as well, um, there's 20 or so episodes uh, out now. So go, um, once you finish listening to the episode with James, go and have a little explore of the back catalogue because we've spoke to loads and loads of uh, amazing fighters and people from the world of showbiz. Uh, and that's what you've got now. Please enjoy today's episode with James Arthur. Sorry again, guys. We're going to briefly interrupt the podcast to tell you about a new movie called Embattled. Embattled is starring Stephen Dorff. It's written by David McKenna, who wrote American History X and Blow. Uh, you will also see cameos from Tyrone Woodley and Kenny Florian in this film. And it's the story of a tumultuous relationship between a father and his son. And did I mention that both father and son are MMA fighters? So... This could be right up your street. It's available from the 5th of July on digital download. Check it out. Hey, man. Hello. How's it going? All good. Good. How's it going? Yeah, sound. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for doing this. Got the the right threads on as well today, James. Loving that. This is from uh, 222, obviously. It was um, Ortega and Frankie Edgar when he knocked one. Oh, uh, wow, yeah. He knocked out uh, Frankie. Yeah, he well, hadn't right, been huh? knocked out till that point, had he? I don't think Frankie had ever been knocked out. And then Ortega, it was that uppercut, wasn't it? Took him off yeah, his feet. But yeah, yeah, he, f- he f- went flying, didn't he? Yeah, it was mad that. It was, it was really, it was mad to see that live because I'd been a fan of Edgar for years, and it, like you say, he'd never been knocked out. And then to see him get, yeah, you know, obliterated like that was mad. I, I thought Ortega was going to go on and be the champ and then we saw what Max Holloway did to him yeah it's pretty, uh, pretty well he still might go on and be the champ I mean he's got Volkanovski coming yeah. up hasn't he so I mean I haven't seen any of the Ultimate Fighter series yet have you caught any of that not yet no no but I'm a big fan of that so yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing it it's, it's been quite weird it's, I, I watched the first one I think the second one's on tonight and I watched the first one and uh, we was lucky enough, James. We had um, Volkanovski on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he's he's such a sound lad. And uh, and I was always a massive fan of Ortega, and just thought he seemed like a super cool guy. But th- I don't know. It's giving you a little insight, tough. That uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I didn't gravitate towards him as much as I thought I would when you sort of see the, you know, him being followed around and stuff like that. So I'd be interested to see how the rest of the, the series sort of pans out and as to what kind of characters evolve from it. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, we, we I mean, we're recording already, uh, and so we, we would normally do a bit more of a of an introduction and stuff. But that voice is is, is James Arthur, who's, who's joined us today for uh, for a big old <laughs> UFC chat. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. Just. Uh... I'm suffering with the hay fever at the minute. I don't know if you can relate, but it's <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm my house is surrounded by pollen. I've asked if they'll cut them down. They won't. But you know, it's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Other than that, other than that, I'm good. Other than dying from hay fever, I'm good. Well, we normally ask when we talk to fighters um, how they got into combat sports. Um, mm. So what I'll, I'll ask you, uh, James, is how you got into. Uh, to watching combat sports. Well, to be to be honest, um, I I was as as a kid, I was always a boxing fan. You know, um, I grew up in the era of Ricky Hatton, and um, yeah, I just I was I was more I was more into boxing. And then um, I think Ch- I think Channel Five or something they started showing like during the era of like Ortiz and uh, Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. Frank Mir, those great fights. Um, they, they were televised in the UK, and 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 again, I was a, I was a bit of a casual, so I'd kind of show up for for those kind of fights. Um, and then when uh, about 10, 10, 12 years ago now, I um, when BT Sport got I think uh, the, the 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 rights for, for UFC, is at that point that I just I became fully invested, and I started watching the journeys of Michael Bisping and Conor McGregor, and um, yeah, I, I don't think I've missed an event. You'll catch me at three, four in the morning on on Twitter most weeks when UFC's on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a bit of a super fan. So yeah, no, I've, I've just I, I've just loved it ever since I started watching it. it. It offers you more narratives than boxing, and more amazing stories, and and more styles, and more upsets, and um, just it's just the drama of it all, the theatre of it all, just really really appeals to me. And um, and like I said, you know, you can have you can have two styles coming up against each other that really. You can't figure out who's going to come out on top, which I, which I love. With boxing, I suppose it's it's a little bit more predictable. Yeah, I, I can relate to everything you just said there, except for the one element that I'm truly jealous of you for, James, if I'm perfectly honest, in mm. that um, when you're staying up late to watch the UFC and you're mm. tweeting about it, yeah. your little Twitter handle comes up on the left-hand bottom of my screen <laughs> and I see James <laughs> Arthur's talking about the fight and I'm there going like, hashtag UFC at UFC <laughs> yeah. Europe and they couldn't care less what I think about anything. I'm picking prelim fights. I'm like, no one's going to be tweeting about this fight. I've got an opinion on it. I'll just, nothing. They give yeah. me nothing. How much, is it? How oh. does it feel when your name comes up in the bottom of that screen? It's a great, it's a great feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling because, you know, UFC hasn't always been mainstream and, and I'd like to think I've been around uh, in the time before it was. And um, yeah, like, you know, you see a lot of people come along and all of a sudden they're huge fans. Maybe they've jumped mm. on the, the Conor McGregor bandwagon or whatever. Yeah. And you, yeah, and, and you see them kind of like getting getting the rec- the record. You see, yeah, of course, it's, but it's validating, you know, the fact that I, I, I feel like a true MMA fan and seeing, seeing my, my name come up, they give, they give a toss what I think is cool. But yeah, I mean... I, do you know what? We we, we I'll, I'll next UFC fight. I mean, we'll just tweet. Me and you will just keep tweeting until we. Yes, until brilliant. Anything, I'll do anything. I'll slip you money, whatever it takes. I just want my name on that screen. That's all it is. I'll, I'll drop them. I'll drop them. Drop them an email. I'll tell them all the good work you do. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, 
talking about sort of growing up and 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 watching the eras of of, of, of Ricky and stuff like that, and um, aside from watching combat sports, was it any? Thing that ever kind of entered into your life? Did you ever fancy sort of going in the gym? Did you put the boxing gloves on? You know, what, what's your relationship been with, with with that side of things? Um, my relationship with with fighting is like as a kid, I, I, I did grow up in a little bit of a, a rough area, so I, I, I did I did find myself in scraps a lot. So not nothing nothing super technical, obviously, but um, this I've, I've I've trained boxing on and off for for a long time. I haven't been able to be consistent with it because of the nature of my job and stuff. So. Um, yeah, it's, and and I wanted, I really wanted to get into jujitsu at one time. I just kept bottling it. To be honest, uh, I just, I, I didn't fancy get, you know, getting a knee injury or a, or a, uh, get my arm broken when I've got to play, you know, gigs and stuff. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's mostly the stand-up side of things. Boxing. I've, um, I've I trained with a guy who's a, who's an MMA fighter called Richie Edwards um, in, in London. Um, he's he's fought in, in various organisations, and uh, yeah, he's been been teaching me boxing for. Probably the best part of eight nine years now. So I'm um, wow. yeah, bit of boxing. I've I've, I've obviously not competed uh, with anyone, but um, yeah, I've, I've always I've always kind of dreamt like I'd love to get in the ring and and, and have a fight. I mean MMA, I just I, I do not I don't have the skill set. I've got one. I'd have, I'd be very one dimensional. So yeah. So would you you fancy one of those like like charity boxing matches? You know that they've done in the past with like. I think to be fair, they've mainly done comedians to make it look very funny. But if they had yeah. like somewhere probably between that and what we're seeing from like the Paul brothers on yeah. YouTube and stuff now, would you would you do it? There was like some kind of charity boxing match. Would that interest you or anything? Yeah, hundred hundred percent, hundred percent. I'd obviously I'd I'd want to have the time to train consistently and be in yeah. shape. It's, you know, it's a really tough sport. It's 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 really it's a really hard hard thing to do. But um, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I'd, before. I'm too old. I'd uh, absolutely love to get in the ring and do do something for charity. Yeah, see how I do. We've asked you a few questions. Uh, we sent you some questions over in advance, um, and we we want to talk about some of your favourite fights. And uh, and I think the first one that you sent over, am I right that it was Izzy and uh, Gastelum? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it? yeah, the Gastelum. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably in a lot of people's top five, isn't it? It's just yeah. Um, it was the first time that we'd seen Adesanya in any kind of trouble. Um, and we saw him overcome adversity. And when you think of Adesanya, you think the, the comparisons with John Jones and Anderson Silver, he, he, he's got all of the, the attributes, the potential to be on that level. You know what I mean? He could, he could really um, be that. Obviously, he's, he's had a defeat in the light heavyweight, but the fact he even went up there was, was incredible and he gets kudos for that, I think. But yeah, um, it, was just, it, was just, it was mad to see him in trouble and overcome that. And it was a bit of a back and forth battle. And then, you know, in the last round, he dropped Gastelum. It was an admitted, really dramatic fight, wasn't it? I, I yeah. loved it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, before we started this podcast, I think that was definitely up there for me. But my my favourite fight was probably, at the time, uh, Robbie Lawler versus uh, Rory McDonald too. Rory McDonald, yeah, when he has a lip hanging off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. But then... We had a section on this show that when we get people that aren't MMA fans to, we give them a classic fight to watch, and mm. then uh, uh, we, we get them to kind of talk about what their opinions were on MMA before and after the fight. And our mm. first uh, fight we gave to someone was Gastelum uh, Adesanya, yeah. and I have to say, after watching it and then also rewatching McDonald Lawler two for someone else's fight or flight, mm. um, 
they swapped for me. I Gastelum beat Gastelum Adesanya became my favourite fight because yeah. I felt it was far more technical. Robbie yeah. Lawler McDonald. Obviously, there's loads of technique in there, yeah, but it yeah. felt like guts and determination and whose will was going to break first. Adesanya Gastelum had that, but it also had such a high technical level to it, and it, that that's what made it that probably is now my favourite fight. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I think when you look back on them two fights, and as you said, when I thought back, I'd always go Robbie Rory, but. As soon as you think of them fights, if you haven't watched them recently, you do exactly what you said, James. It's like, oh, yeah, Robbie's lit. Yeah. And then you just yeah. think of that stare down when they finished the round. And it was like, yeah. you know, goosebumps thinking about it. But then when mm. you watch the fight, it's a great fight, of course. But then, like you say, when we went back and watched the Easy fight, it's like, that's one of the greatest fights <laughs> ever. Yeah. It's like Blake said, it's that the, it, it was all guts. And, you know what I mean? It was just like, and I think you're seeing uh, the UFC is evolving at a rapid rate and the, these fighters that are coming up, you're seeing just, that, like you say, the technical aspect of of, of MMA is, is, is just, it's gone up exponentially. And you, you, you see it with, obviously Lawler's getting older and stuff now, but he, he can't really hang with the with the, the new guys. And same with Rory in, in um, Bell- is he, he's in Bellator now, isn't he? Well, he's, like, he just left Bellator for the PFL, I think. Yeah, he's in PFL, PFL now, now, yeah. Well, yeah, just a, just a technical aspect. And another one, it's a random one to throw in, Cub Swanson, Duho Choi. <laughs> that's, yes, that's the other one we did, the fight off. Like, that's not one. random at all. That is well, absolutely amazing. That well, is well, unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that. The only one that could probably compare is the Arlovsky... Uh, Travis Brown where have you that's the you, other one you've been doing your homework you've, you're putting these out there to wind us up <laughs> swear, I we've swear done four God, episodes no, and that's no the four way, fights no way well okay that's your that's yours man how much, how much of a nerd I am yeah, yeah. Um, you've yeah, clearly man. got great taste yeah just, uh, <laughs> those fights I mean the one where, where Travis Brown like knocks Arlovsky down after he's just getting battered it's just yeah. it's wild yeah. absolutely mad but yeah, I mean you won't that's try Oh, I mean, Cub Swanson lands a cartwheel kick in that fight. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. mental. Ref could have stopped it about 10 times, couldn't he? Uh, it's mad. Mm. And uh, I, I know you, you also mentioned uh, in one of your answers the uh, uh, the recent Holloway Calvin Cater fight as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, in terms of, for me, as a fight, mm. it felt a bit too one sided. But in terms yeah. of probably the greatest performance from one athlete I've ever seen. Exactly, yeah. You, Holloway in that fight is just unbelievable, isn't he? Yeah, that's why I, I thought I'd give it a mention, just because when I was watching it, I, w- I was sort of like, I was looking around the room, I was like, surely this is one of the best displays of, of just just displays, performances you'll ever yeah. see. Like, he was just, you know, and, and Cater is, you know, people don't realise this guy. He's not. A, he's no joke at all. He's. He's. Mm. He is a quality, quality fighter. I've seen him. I've seen him dominate people, high level people, and so what Max did in that fight, and then he was then you know taunting him as well in between. It was just uh. so entertaining. Um, so that would that would maybe make you know be my favourite. It's not much of a fight, let's be honest, but um, but just the performance was incredible. Absolutely. I did look at the stats on that, and I think he threw seventy-five percent of the strikes in that whole fight. Yeah. That's the how much he just absolutely yeah. outweighed. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, unbelievable. Going, yeah. Just, I mean, we spoke about Izzy uh, a, a moment ago, and we've got to ask. Just looking ahead to to this this weekend's fight, one of the other kind of blips 
not a blip on on his record, but Vittori still thinks in his own mind he yeah. won that fight. Um, how do you see that panning out of the weekend? Um, it's 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 tough. You know, I'm a little bit torn because I, 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 obviously Vittori's quality and um, it's it's sort of how can Ades- has Adesanya lost any confidence with that loss? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's that it's it's does he go in a little bit less? Um, yeah, less confident and. Um, you know, that's historically that. You know, that could uh, that could have the the ingredients of, of him getting on a bit of a skid, if you know what I mean. So, um, I hope I hope that he comes through and bounces back because I'm a big I'm a big fan, and I think, like I said before, he could be he could be great. He already is great, but um, he could be one of the you know the Hall of Famers. Um, so yeah, I, to be honest, I'm I'm torn. I think technically, Adesanya should should come through it. I think he, he should beat him, but um. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what to expect. If he if he comes in and he feels a bit like tentative or whatever, then um Tori's, you know, capable of catching him in something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think Adesanya should win it, but as you say, who knows what his confidence level's like. I mean, the, the big factor for me in that Blahovic fight was the size difference. I mean, Adesanya mm. weighed in at like, was it like two hundred and one or two hundred and three pounds or something like that? Yeah. You know that Blahovic weighing in at two oh five is actually approaching the fight at probably more like two twenty. So yeah. that's, a, that's a huge sight. I mean, oh, massive, yeah. we saw it the other night or whatever. Not that I watched it because I'm not massively into the circus of it. Yeah. But uh, Logan Paul and, and Floyd Mayweather. Mm. People are like, oh, either thinking, oh, Logan did really well. Well, Floyd just really carried him. It's like, well, the size matters. matters and yeah. if, if you're trying to knock someone out and they weigh two and a half, three stone more than you, especially yeah. with those like 12 or 14 ounce gloves mm. on or whatever they were, it yeah. makes a massive difference. So, yeah. 100%. I, I was really impressed with with a 44-year-old um, Floyd Mayweather, to be honest. Everyone's like, ah, oh, he should have knocked him out. But, yeah, like you say, the, the weight discrepancy is, is that big. Yeah. Um, yeah, I defy anyone with any, you know, as good as Floyd Mayweather might be the best boxer of all time. Like, it's it, he's given up, what's he given up about? <laughs> 100 pounds or something. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's mad. <laughs> um, so, uh yeah, it, it, but with the Blahovic thing, you're right. Yeah, Blahovic Adesanya was was beating him handily on feet, wasn't he? It was he was just out pointing him, um, and then just got laid on for for, for a couple of rounds. Yeah, and that nicked him the fight. Obviously, it won't go that way at the Vittori fight. It's probably going to be a bit more technical, but um, yeah, it's 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 a really life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Interesting fight. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I mean, we've asked you to to give us uh, in advance your favourite fighter, mm. and uh, and and obviously that's a fighter where there's a, a whole world of fun involved in, in in his career at every possible sort of turning in that career. Um, Conor McGregor, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is, I'm sure, I'm sure most people's favourite fighter. It's a bit of a yeah. I'm, it's a popular one to pick. But I think for me, with with Conor, is that. Um, I watched his rise. Um, I knew of him. Um, I knew of him before he came at the UFC, um, being a double champ in Cage Warriors, and um, yeah, I just watched. I watched his. I watched his rise from his first fight, and it was. He came about at a time when, in in my own life, I was uh, I was kind of written off, and I'd, I'd been dropped from my record label, and you know, um, people said I, I couldn't I couldn't come back, sort of thing. And I suppose I, I kind of resonated with him a little bit. His whole shtick was that. Um, People said he couldn't. He was he was all talk and all that kind of stuff. And he had a lot of adversity to overcome in his uh, in the early part of his career. Obviously, you know the the Aldo thing and uh, Mendes and yeah, just love him. Really, obviously, he's very charismatic, very inspirational, motivational. Um, yeah, it's kind of like you know, it's, it's sort of like we got to witness our kind of our own Muhammad Ali moment in a way. Um, if you were, you know, uh, lucky enough to to follow him from the beginning of his career. So yeah. McGregor, yeah, and and just and he's put on some incredible fights, and is and is. I don't think he gets enough credit for how um, how good of a fighter he is, really. Yeah, I mean that is the thing. You can't say he's not entertaining. He's unbelievably entertaining, both in and out of of the octagon. And the thing that you mentioned there that I I really really loved was the fact that you, you found inspiration mm. from him. You know, and and that's the the one thing that. Um, that I really love about this sport is that, you know, you can do an incredibly different job to someone. You can do, uh, you know, something that, that, that working in an office and yet you're watching these athletes go mm. through their lives and, and, uh, uh and come across adversity and, and battle against it. And, and that inspires you to then go on and achieve things in your life. And, and I absolutely love that, that they're a source of inspiration for regular people like ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think that's why he's um, he's kind of uh, he's inspired so many people because we're invested, you know, we were invested in his whole thing of like trying to prove to people how good he was and that he could do it, sort of thing. And he's making a comeback after the Nate Diaz loss and all that. It's it's it, yeah, it's just someone that you could really invest in, I think. And yeah, I certainly took inspiration from him. And uh, yeah, was the, <laughs> was was yeah, yeah, just inspired by him, definitely. And and it shouldn't ever be overlooked. Like what, aside from you know the money he's made and and the you know the fame that he's got, what he's done for mixed martial arts and UFC. I mean, it's took it to a different place. The amount of people, you know, that I used to talk about UFC, you know, talking about Tito and fighters like that, and they were like, no, yeah. I know they are. But now you mention UFC or Conor McGregor, people know what you're talking about. He's he's you know taking nothing away from what Dana and that have done with 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 the organisation. He's 
took that summer. Oh, without it? a doubt, yeah. He's the fa- he's the face of MMA, and um, yeah, we, you know, doing the crossover fight with Floyd Mayweather just became a, a global star, and you know, just he he he, um, he raised UFC's stocks exponentially. Um, and everyone knows who Dana White is now, and every, everyone knows who a lot of UFC fighters are now because of um, because of Conor McGregor. And um, yeah, it's almost a popular thing to do to be like, "Oh right, yeah, you're a Conor McGregor like bandwagon mm. sort of thing." Um, I like I like Usman, you know, or I like mm. I like this guy, and, and that's great. I think that's cool because it's as long as people are invested in in the sport, I think it's a good thing. Mm. Hopefully, it provides better fights moving forward. Has it been? more difficult to to remain like that kind of like uber kind of fan given some of the outside of the cage stuff because i have to say i was such a big part of being on that connor train during that rise i mean those aldo press conferences and Mm. stuff for me were just like absolutely incredible and then the the docu the documentary the notorious one i think they were talking about like when he had that last minute change to go to chad mendes didn't he have like a busted knee or something like that? And he still went on to fight. You can take so much inspiration from that. But then there has been certain things outside of the cage more recently that have made me go, oh, I'm finding it more and more difficult to continually root for him when that's going on. Have you found that as well? There's definitely been moments, yeah. I mean, you'd, yeah. It, morally, you'd have to be, you know, in the wrong place, I suppose, not to... Yeah. Not to not to look at certain things that have happened, you know, i.e. the busting and, um, yes, yeah, so, you know, the, the, the geezer in the pub. I, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to go over the... Yeah, there's, there was definitely moments where I was grappling with the idea of, of mm. still, still supporting this guy. Um, but again, if I draw parallels with my own journey, I know that when, you know, being plucked from obscurity and, and um, being on the front pages and stuff, all of a sudden, I made some really bad choices in, in my own life and, and you grow, and, and uh, I'd like to think that Connor has grown from a lot of these things. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I, I don't believe that we'll see that sort. Of, I mean, we've seen a, a much different Conor McGregor in, in you know recent years, and mm. not that not that we actually want that. I think we still want him to be a bit of a bad guy. We just don't want him going around, you know, uh, hurting people or whatever in pubs. But um, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I think I think the most annoying thing for me is probably that that whole um, the the sort of business model that he may have given birth to a little bit and you, like you, you mentioned the Paul, the Logan Paul and, and you, you, more, more so your Jake Pauls where you know, Connor is, was just better than anyone he, he made being the bad guy cool and, and um, the way he promoted the fights and the trash talk and he's just natural at that and yeah. not, many, not many people are you know I, I, I can't think of another person who can actually do it and pull it off and you believe it um, it's quite cringy a lot of people, but it's, it's now become the business model how you sell fights how you promote yourself is to be a bit of an asshole, um, and uh, and yeah, and it, and and it's given birth to these these crossover celebrity fights, and you see the way they're going on. It just cringes me out, to be honest. Um, yeah. And especially it's because the fans can see through yeah, it, can't they? I the think, difference yeah. is Con- Connor can fight, man. You know what I mean? He can really, he can really fight, and uh, and obviously these dopes can't. So it does that 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 bothers me. Yeah, he's got such a fan-friendly style as well, hasn't he? And I mean, particularly, I think, in the earlier fights, like like when he came out against, like, Dennis Seaver, and mm. he immediately just threw, like, a spinning back kick. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, yeah, you know I mean, like, and he was throwing the kicks and doing that. He just had... He looked like a, re, like a martial artist. He just used every weapon available to him. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I love that version of Connor. The sort of karate, yeah. like the side karate stance. Yes. He's bouncing on the, he's bouncing, he's throwing spinning kicks. Like I, I loved Connor at featherweight. You know, he's he's amazing at, at lightweight as well. But yeah, just he 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 looked like yeah, just a really complete martial artist at featherweight. And yeah, like you say, really fan friendly. Yeah. That that that's the that that kind of low slung karate stance and kicking off the lead leg and things like that, which he done perfectly. It felt like you don't see that so much now from him. Yeah. Like it felt like whether he's been doing more boxing training, I don't know. He he seemed to be far more in in, in a more upright, yeah. Yeah. sort of more boxing muay thai kind of stance than that that low slung kind of thing that we see from Wonder Boy and that. And it's like, and I like that. It looks different. It, you know, and you're seeing him throwing them elaborate kicks yeah. and. You know, I just I don't know why. Whether that's just the the, the, the change in weight, I don't know. But yeah, it, it, it was obviously very very effective for yeah, him. But, I, I, yeah, I, like yeah, I do miss that sort of that bouncy style. It, it, at featherweight, or when he used to sort of adopt that more that karate style, that low low stance, as you say, it didn't feel like you could get caught with the sort of kicks that he got caught with in that Poirier fight. Like he's not getting his lead leg kicked like that. He's he's bouncing out of the way. But yeah, I think do you know what I think maybe he's gotten a little bit obsessed with boxing. Mm. I think um, that's that's my take on it. I think you know after the Floyd Mayweather thing, I think he he really wants to prove that he can box. I think and maybe maybe he spends more t- you know more time on on the boxing thing than um, than he should. But um, if he wants to be successful in the UFC again, I, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely not an expert, but that's how it seems to me. It's very different now. Like you say, it's a bit it's it's a bit more. Um, uh, front on isn't it the stance it's not as uh, yeah mm. he's not as elusive it seems seems he's easier to hit now yeah and that, well there was rumors that uh, he was eyeing up a fight with Pacquiao for after the Poirier rematch yeah. and also I think for the last fight or two he's had his old uh boxing coach uh from Crumlin boxing gym or whatever That's it was right. with him yeah. and I mean that is one thing you have to say about Connor. Mm. unbelievable loyalty like he's 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 been with john kavanagh owen roddy all those guys from day one it seems and even kind of before day one before the mma he was with that old crumlin boxing coach and oh, he's yeah. brought him back into the fold as well i mean yeah. surely any gym in the world would yeah. want conor mcgregor whether they be you know alpha male or syndicate or you know whatever it might be that aka i mean they probably wouldn't go down well with could be but, uh, <laughs> but, but you know they, they would all want him they'd all be able to learn from him and his striking it'd be great for the profile of place you know and all that stuff but he stayed loyal we stayed with the people that were with him from day one and that's something you can never knock connor for um yeah. but speaking of poirier how do you think the trilogy ends up poirier mcgregor three Oh, um, how do I think it ends up? I think, uh, I think, Con- I mean, Connor has to win, doesn't he? I mean, the, it, it feels very much like it's, it's sort of, <laughs> I think a lot of people might turn off, you know. I mean, I, mm. I, I certainly won't because you can, you know, I don't think people realize how easy it is to lose it, to lose it in MMA. The margins are so, mm. are so slim. And um, how good Poirier is. I mean, how, without how, Khabib, Poirier could be the number one lightweight in the world easily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Poirier has just been through. I mean, that lightweight division is so dense. There's so there's so many top top fighters, and Poirier's bar Khabib is he's, he looks head and shoulders above the rest, mm. which is saying which is saying a lot, isn't it? Um, and he's just if you get into a scrap a five round scrap with Poirier, he's coming out on top for me. I just mm. I, I would never bet against him in, in a a five round fight. So I think Conor has to knock him out, and um, he's obviously capable of that. I think. 
Poirier himself said Connor hurt him, I think, in round one. Um, mm. And if he'd maybe jumped on him, maybe that was due to an activity that he didn't jump on him and, and try and get him out of there. Um, yeah, it could have been a very different fight, but um, hopefully Connor's coming in a bit sharper this time and uh, and he's maybe, he's, I don't know, might, might up his sparring or something. But yeah, I think I think Connor, I think he gets it done. I think he, whenever he knows he has to get it done and um, we saw it with the, um, he, he's good at making adjustments. It's obviously like, it, it'll have been like the first time that he fought this poor, you know, Poirier, like the, the featherweight thing. I don't think you can really reference that, their fight years ago. I think Poirier is a completely different fighter now. Connor's obviously a completely different fighter. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, he's got to make adjustments. He's, and and uh, if he does that, I think he wins. I think he's the better better boxer. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that's how it goes down. I mean, there's a million and one fights I'd love to see in that, that division. But one of the other things that we've asked uh, you to have a think about, James, is some, some dream fights. Now, these fights, uh, we've never done this on the podcast before, and uh, I'm looking forward to it because, uh, you know, it can be any era, you know, past yeah. and present, perfect dream matchups. What are you saying, mate? Well, I think my, uh, yeah, my management asked me this in, in preparation. They said, said they sent over your questions. And I think I put, I put John Jones, Anderson, Silver, and I didn't put a GSP one in there, and I regret it now because um, I think GSP could be prime GSP probably and Khabib um, is the most compelling fight just because Khabib's never been beaten and you'd like to think and a lot of people think GSP's the goal um, so yeah I, that uh, it, it'd, be, it'd be great to see if GSP was Khabib's kryptonite because I think he of all the fighters historically you look you look back on um, he's got the, the most he's the most well-rounded um, fighter I think we've had Um and the wrestling is is incredible. Um, so yeah, I think that that would be my ultimate dream fight. But again, Anderson Silver, John Jones, Anderson Silver in his prime, John Jones would be great to see as a, for a, as a technical fight. Um, there's loads, isn't there? There's there's loads of fights super make. There's there's so many. I mean, like I think GSP Khabib. You're absolutely right. That would be such a great. I mean, it would make huge amounts of money and, and create a lot of interest now with with GSP being what probably around 40 or something like that or nearing yeah. 40. Um, mm. So it would make a lot of interest now, even though I think if they did manage to do that fight now, like even like a catch weight of 165 or something like that, uh, I think Khabib would, would win that fight. Yeah. But yeah. when you're talking about a prime GSP yeah. against this Khabib, who knows? Because GSP seemed to make a, a habit of fighting so smart and just mm. outstriking grapplers yeah. and outgrappling strikers. Yeah. And obviously, you know what he's going to be trying to do with Khabib. And surely GSP's wrestling ability transferred to like just stuffing takedowns and then working his striking. Yeah. It, it would cool, cause Khabib a lot of problems, you would imagine. So that would be such an interesting fight. And, totally. and jo- Jones Silva... If Jones wasn't allowed to take him down, that's a really interesting fight. But I can see Jones just going as if I'm striking with you, yeah. body locked down and just just doing yeah. damage on the ground. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, the the wrestling aspect. I think John, John Jones beats him if he goes if he goes that route. I, I think I think I'm just thinking. Yeah, I was thinking more of the kind of stand up. I'd love to see that back and forth. Yeah. Um, but with the GSP Khabib thing, like GSP is the most cerebral fighter I think I've ever seen in the octagon. Like the adjustments he makes. Um, in fight is is amazing. Uh, yeah, like you said, if he was if he was in his prime, I'd love to, I'd love to see how he would deal with that pressure from Khabib and and the, and the threat of the takedowns. It would just be be amazing. 
I'd be interested to see how Khabib deals with um, having to look at GSP with hair as well because he's been freaking me out for like fucking months now. Every time yeah. I see him on his Instagram, I'm like, yeah. wow, GSP's got hair. He's yeah, he weird. Yeah, he's a hairline guy. He's, <laughs> he's, looking, he's looking good. I mean, where are we at with John Jones? Is there anything, is there any rumours yet? What's, what's he's, going on? He's employed some new, I, I can't remember his name, but he's very well respected in the boxing world. Maybe worked for Showtime recently as well. He's employed someone to be his new kind of like manager and apparently Dana White has a good relationship with him. Whether or not that will make a difference, I don't know. But it looks like it's going to be Ngannou versus Lewis. And then hopefully Jones fights after that. But then you've got Stipe coming back and... I think the UFC are in such a strong negotiating position with anyone because they're like, you're contracted to us. Jones has probably got like a six-fight deal. Mm. It's weird how often, I suppose it happens in like Premier League football and stuff as well, but it's weird to me how often fighters go, I've got like four or five fights on my contract. What I'll do is I'll renegotiate my contract to get a bit more money, Mm. but that'll take me up to seven or eight fights on my contract. And then after they have one of those fights, they're going, oh, no, you're not paying me enough money. It's like, well, yeah. don't sign the contract. If, if I mean, it's, granted, these people are probably tied up for a long time. But if you're a young fighter now and you're going to be a huge megastar in like two or three years' time, yeah. surely the best thing to do is go, always just, just stick with the. Make sure you're happy with the money you're getting and go, I'm happy with this money and I'm just going to take myself down to two fights left on the contract and then I'll see about renegotiating. Because... They just have you by the balls if you, if yeah. you, you know. It does seem, it does seem to be the, the model there is that, like, you know, you might get that big payday, but you've also got to sign up for four or five fights as, as mm. well as, I think it was, that was the case with Masvidal recently, is yeah. that he wanted, he wanted to renegotiate his contract and Dana was like, well, he's just signed like a five, mm. six fight deal or something. It's about, I think they, some of them are getting some dodgy advice, but, you know, on the subject of Jones, I think, with with him, it's just, it seems like he just he wants to get paid now, doesn't he? He, mm. looks, he looks at the landscape and he's like, the sport's bigger than ever. Like, surely I surely I built this, you know. Surely I had a big hand in building this undefeated for over a decade or whatever, just just dominating in that division, which is which is phenomenal to think that he was champion for that long and in a division where you get knocked out so easily. Mm. Um, he wants to get paid. Some of the numbers he's thrown about seem a bit unrealistic, but. Um, I, I would like to see him get get a big payday, and I think they, they um, yeah, I'd love to see that um, in fight and Garnu. Um, that's a super fight, isn't it? I mean, and they're talking about like the fact that you've got um, three African-born champions now as well in in Adesanya, Ngannou, and uh, Usman. I mean, you're just like that would be like the 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 rumble in the jungle the thriller in manila that'll be a fight that just transcends and and, and it will oh. just be you know jones Ngannou somewhere in africa would be absolutely oh, wow. amazing if they could, i mean i know pandemic aside because it would take a while to get it done anyway but if they could do the first ever ufc because i don't think they've been to africa before the first ever ufc event in africa mm. is headlining by jones versus Ngannou for the heavyweight title absolutely. that's dreams Oh man, and 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 if you think if Ngannou beats John Jones, the start that guy's that guy's narrative is 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 absolute fairy tale stuff, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he was, he was like working on a building site in Africa, wasn't he? Or, he was in like, sand mines as a child. He was yeah. working in sand mines as a child. Just started, started fighting in his early late, late didn't he? I think he started yeah. when he was in his twenties. Uh, yeah, it's something like, mad. I mean, I'm I'm probably like um, uh, losing a lot of details, but it's like he's working in sand mines in in Cameroon. I think it is as a child, 
then uh, he dis- and and he's like he's kind of going to school, but he's got like nothing. Like the teachers even saying to him, "Why yeah. haven't you got books and pens?" And and he's like, "Well, he doesn't want to say this, but he can't afford it and stuff like that." Yeah. And um, he uh, he then I think t- travels to like Italy, like I think technically like illegally, and then he boards a train that ends up in Paris again without a ticket illegally. He's living in like a car park in maybe his like early 20s or something like that mm. and this kind of charity or whatever kind of finds him yeah. and the car park is near like a boxing gym or something like that and he starts training at the gym and he's he's with this charity and all this stuff and uh you know flash forward a few years later he's a yeah. heavyweight champion of the world it's, it's be- a movie yeah, it's a movie. And beating the consensus greatest heavyweight of all time and Stipe Miocic as well and overcoming, yeah. getting, you know, overcoming. He, he he was dominated in that first fight. He just got figured out and taken yeah. down. So so he's made he's made adjustments as well. To to be a guy that um is just is just a obviously a freak athlete and um, you know, obviously uh trained his ass off like and where he's come from. Unbelievable. If if you're looking for inspiration, look no further than than that guy's story. So, I mean, first of all, he's Derek Lewis. He's standing in a way, and what I think we all thought was going to be one of the most vicious, you know, one minute fights yeah. ever <laughs> went on to be one of the most boring <laughs> fights in UFC I'm history. How do we see that happening second oh, time? Man, I just hope it's nothing like that. <laughs> 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 it, it's my, I, it, Lewis has got. Um, a Derek Lewis fight has always got the um, potential to end up like that, I think, because people are so scared of his, yeah. of his, of his power. You see it a lot. You know, it's, it's really cagey, like, early on in, in Derek Lewis fights. Um, but you'd like to think that Ngannou probably has got a, a bit more confidence now and, and feels as though he should, be, he should be taking care of Derek Lewis, as much of a fan of Derek Lewis as I am. But, yeah, they both possess such freak power, like, they could be cagey again. You could, you know, before you know it, three rounds have gone by and no one's, no one's thrown a punch. Like it's, it's one of them. It's got, it's got the potential to be that, or, or someone gets knocked, someone gets caught. You know, at, at any time early on, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I can't sit through five rounds of that again. No chance. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. No, I, I think the one thing that I think might make it less like that is I think that Nganu seems to have improved his kicking game a lot. Yeah. And then we saw like a head kick against Stipe that rattled him. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if, because you don't want to get into boxing range with Derek Lewis, even if you are Francis Ngannou. So I wonder if we'd see him lay back a little bit more, maybe try and keep in kicking range and see how he does from there. But yeah, let's just hope it's nothing like that first fight. That would be, that would be a great game plan for him, I think. Yeah, try and work your way in with the kicks and yeah. uh, try and land somewhere. Yeah, I, I just feel like Ngannou is going to just obliterate everyone outside of John Jones, to be fair. Um, yeah, I just want to see that. I just want to see yeah. that fight so bad. It's going to be unreal. He's truly like, I mean, I was just sort of thinking of terrifying fighters over the years from like Chuck to, you know, and then it was like Brock's the most, you know, terrifying man on the planet. Then it was like Cain yeah. Velasquez. None of them are anywhere near as having Francis coming across that octagon at you. He's yeah. Yeah. terrifying. Cain Velasquez. When, I, when, when Cain Velasquez was at his peak, like I just thought he was unstoppable. He couldn't be beaten. He's, he was hampered by injuries when he came Velasquez. I think he could have, I mean, yeah. I mean, he is a great, but he, could, yeah. I, I felt like he was just going to be dominant for a long time, and it wasn't to be. Yeah. And Garner, yeah, you know, he's he's definitely got all the all the makings to be the best. I mean, he, he, you can't argue with him being the best right now after beating Miocic. Well, what we always like to ask guests as well uh, as we start to sort of uh, wrap up the chat. So, um, let's imagine there's a scrap. You've got the gloves on. You're going to come out to the octagon. Uh, we'll, we'll be kind to you. You're not going to fight Francis <laughs> if you can pick your opponent. But uh, what we want to know is the two most important things is uh, what's your fight name going to mm. be and what song you're walking out to? Uh, good question. Well, I've thought, I've thought a lot about this and um, I've, I've played a lot of the UFC game. Um, Did you make yourself? I made, my, I made myself. <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. What division <laughs> did you put yourself in? Um, I've sort of to- I've sort of toyed with welterweight and light heavyweight because I'm, oh, I'm, right. I'm about 220 pounds. So, but I, yeah, but the, you know the 55 thing is is you know, the glamorous division that appeals. I've play, played around in a few of them. I'm trying to be a multi- multiple weight champion. You know what I mean, <laughs> from 155 <laughs> all the way up to 205. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. UJ Penn style. Um, but um, I, do, do you know what? I think I'd just probably play on my play on my surname and and you know being arthur i've I've gone with the king <laughs> yeah king arthur nice. yeah that's good i like it. it works there's not a lot of options on the game so I've, yeah i've kind of kind of gone for that um and then the song i'd walk out to um i've always thought i just want to walk out to something really heavy you know scream or type vibe so i'd probably go deftones my own summer oh what a tune the minute that yeah. snare snaps at the beginning yeah. and out you come nice dan hardy Walk out to Deftones. He might have done actually. He definitely walked out with some some metal. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that might have been Pantera. Actually, I'm not too sure. But uh, and so, 
just before we uh, finish things up, James, what's happening? What's happening with you? Uh, what's happening with me? I've got a song out on. Uh, I don't know when this this podcast coming out, lads, but uh, yeah, I've got a song out uh, on the eleventh of June um, on Friday called September, um, and uh, we're going to be announcing um, the album pretty soon as well, um, and then hopefully a tour. So yeah, just a lot, lot of stuff involving the music. Um, Lot, yeah, just lots of music stuff. I, during the 2020, uh, you know, in the, when we were in the under the thralls of the pandemic, when it was at its, at its peak, I um, kind of locked myself away in the studio and just just wrote an album, um, and that's been my life for you know the last 12 months really. Uh, which and it's been it's been great because um, normally you can't just focus on the one thing, can't just focus on on the making writing the music. There's a touring and there's promo um, commitments going on, but um, you know, as as uh, devastating as the pandemic was to so many people, it it provided me with a bit of a break and and the um, the luxury to to just focus on the music. So yeah, I've got loads of music coming out and answer to your question. Um, one coming on Friday. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a hit song. Yeah. Well, best of luck with that, man. It sounds like you're very very busy. Uh, can I ask when you were on tour, how hard is it to catch the UFC? Are you able to to watch much of it? Have you got things kind of lined up, recorded, or whatever? Yeah. What. Well, Luckily, my entire, well, my band and my entire crew were the all UFC nuts. Like, uh, really? So my my guitarist has has been a fan of UFC for longer than I have, um, and he yeah he he's he's uh, we always we managed to find a link you know somewhere between between a lot of us. Um, there's been times when we've been kind of in the in, in the tour bus like on someone's someone's iPhone or laptop watching, <laughs> watching uh, Holloway Aldo. I remember we watched we watched on the bus. That was cool. Uh, yeah, we we always managed to catch it somehow. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's so amazing that you've got like a group of people that are all big friends because yeah. me and Stu literally started this podcast because we had no friends to talk MMA to. <laughs> so, so we were like, oh, well, let's start a podcast so at least we, I can talk to you about it. Yeah, man. Right, anytime. Anytime you want to get me on, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot the shit with you. I'm oh. a big fan, by the way. Big, yeah, Love your work. Um, oh, thanks, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a pleasure. Oh, and we'll hold pleasure. you to that as well. You thanks know, maybe so you come and join us for like a, either a pre big pay per view breakdown or a post pay per view breakdown or something like that. And we can, we can talk about fights that have been and gone or what we think is going to happen or something. I would be absolutely honored to do that. That would be quality. Anytime. Anytime. We'll do that, mate. Oh, top man. Top man. Lovely. Thanks so much, James. Really appreciate your time, mate. Cheers, boys. Appreciate you having me All on. All the best, Speak man. You Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Well, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah. James Arthur on the show. Absolutely. Um, he knew his shit. He did. He did. He's talking about, you know, that when it was back in like the Channel 5 days, which I probably, I remember a little bit of that. For me, I remember it being on like Bravo. Do you remember mm. that random Bravo channel? Uh, and uh, there was like, I remember Matt Hughes and, and Chuck Liddell, TTYTs, all that kind of stuff. And then similarly to, to James, when it was on BT Sport and I started seeing, I think it was the John Jones, Chael Sonnen uh, series of The Ultimate Fighter, mm. I really started to get massively into it from then. And so, like James, I saw that Connor rise and all that kind of stuff and I've just been hooked ever since. But, but he really did know his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely fascinating. I mean, I love the fact that you was going uh, so... Uh... You've uh, you've been boxing on and off for eight years, so uh, I mean, how do you feel about? I'm thinking, is he fucking matching a fight for him here? I thought, yeah, he was getting <laughs> a little uh, little promoter's head on there. I thought, hang on a minute, 
Come on, Well, I was going to say, do you want to take on one of those Paul brothers? But I was like, ah, no, I don't want to give them any more air It's all gone quiet but, uh, on you calling out Ralph Little, I've noticed. <laughs> uh, I'll message him. Um, yeah. No, the only other thing I was like, I was thinking to myself as well, because this is a unique show for us. Like, mm. normally it's all like, um, you know, I have a fight or flight where we talk about a specific fight. Or we have a fighter on and we're talking about their career. So this was a bit unique. And I was like, I don't know exactly what questions to ask. We had a couple pre-planned and all that. And I put together a little quick fire round. And then in the middle of the interview, I thought to myself, oh, quick fire rounds are quite lame, aren't they? Aren't they a bit like lame? Oh, you should have done it. You should have done it. No, I don't know. It's just a bit weird. I was like, well, it was only like a few questions, but I'll... um, I mean, I'll do it on you if you want. Yes, mate. Yes. But, um, and you at home, uh, if you're out on your run or if you're on the train, you can play along too. Yeah. Um, right, it's got to be quick fire. It's got to be quick. Okay. Uh, McGregor or Khabib? Khabib. Jones or DC? Jones. Striking or grappling? Striking. Wonderboy or Masvidal? Wonderboy. Dana White or Eddie Hearn? Dana White. Blake or Stu? Stu. You had to think about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh wonderful wonderful oh yeah we, we should definitely get that uh, get that rolling a little bit I like it I like it a little quick fire round yeah. yeah perfect perfect well um, if this is your first time listening uh, then we should also say go and check out the back catalogue because um, we've got a fair few episodes now it's over 20 now and uh, and you can hear us talking to you know some some real legends of the of the fight game from uh, all manner of organisations UFC Bellator Cage Warriors uh, and there's other people uh, from the world of showbiz as well that we've had on doing the aforementioned fight or flight episodes so yeah go get stuck in and better still subscribe and then that way you won't miss any other episodes uh, they'll just pop up on your listening device um, social media Blake Yes, yes, we're on that that thing, that social media thing. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. You can follow us there, find out all about the uh, upcoming upcoming or latest podcast uh, episodes that are coming your way. And also, we're trying to st- stay up to date as much as we can with, with fight news mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, join us on the socials. Absolutely. We'll be back next time. See you soon. Bye, guys. Trying to be a multi- multiple-weight champion, you know what I mean? It's going to be unreal.